Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Talking Polynex. Today we're going to have a guest on the show. Today we have Jonathan. Uh, he's a currently a college student and he has some political views. So we're going to have a great conversation about that and I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, how are you doing Jonathan? I'm well. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, so, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am going into uh, being my fifth year at UC Santa Barbara as an econ and accounting major. And uh, that's pretty much all I got going on right now. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, so, uh, for the audience... I know Jonathan since high school, so we've known each other for, or since middle school, but we've known each other for a long time, and so you weren't too happy with the 2016 election, you didn't want Trump to win, so explain a little, explain where you lie on the political scale. I don't really, you know, just calling myself a Democrat. I just, I don't, it feels like, I don't know, just any any labels in general, I feel like if you just put a label on it, then it's like, it's just such a broad term. So, like, it's not like I go by everything that the party says or whatever. But that's what I'm registered as. So is there anything about the Democratic Party that you disagree with? Like... From, like, the mainstream stuff? No, I don't think so. Not really. Alright, so... So, when it comes to... Let's say, the size of government, what do you think the government's role is? Do you think they need a larger role? As in, like, universal health care, free college, maybe some more social programs? Yeah, I would say... Just... With the, just in today's world... Just the, we, the society we live in today, like the government needs to play a role. There's too much big, big stuff going on, and just like the amount of money that's being handled in the world, there's a lot. That's the government's job to just ensure, provide that everybody's got life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our life. What is John Locke's life? Uh, life, liberty, and pursue happiness, and then there's also life, liberty, and property. Okay, right, right. So, yeah, that's, I would say, uh, big government, large government, take care of the problems. All right, and out of the 2020 uh, Democratic candidates, is there anyone that stands out to you that, like, if, if the election was a week from now, which one of them would you want to vote for? for you? Yeah, she seems extremely passionate. Like she's gonna, she's 
she's by my side for me. I won't have to worry about that. I'll go to sleep like a baby every night. <laughs> you, you got a policy of hers that stands out to you? The ultra millionaire tax is interesting. Just the amount of wealth it is going to generate. Mm-hmm. Seems like it could be a lot. I mean, yeah, I mean, only two cents for every dollar after 50 million. I mean, that's going to be a lot of money. And I don't, it's not even that taking that much from them, from the super wealthiest 0.101% or 0.1% or whatever. And I just like, I uh, just reading the stat today that like the Walmart family makes 100 million a single day. Every day that just profits like wasted on like how and not when it could be doing something to the very unfortunate people in the world well you know i, I agree i agree with you that the ultra millionaire tax i don't think that's that's such a bad proposal especially since it's it's for every dollar after 50 million so so if someone makes 51 million that's that's an extra 20 grand f- to spend on programs and stuff like that uh, that's actually one of the policies I do agree with. So we'll talk about just general government-run stuff. So when it comes to, like, the voting age, are you okay with the voting age it is now? I remember a lot of people were fighting, saying that it should be 16. Uh, I've I've heard the argument, and I somewhat like the argument of the voting age being moved up to 25, not to suppress votes or anything, just the brain's not fully developed until the age of 25 on average. What do you think about the voting age? I would say I would like that idea of it being lowered to 16 just because I think kids in a way should have more say in the government considering that America is like 15th in education. So like the government clearly needs to do more for the kids in in this country. Um, 18 seems like a decent point. 25, that's too much considering just the amount of old people that are already in the government, and it's like... Mm-hmm. Do you think that there may be a problem with having high schoolers being able to vote that a lot of them... For me, for example, I didn't really get into politics until I graduated and I was actually able to vote. Two things about it. Do you think uh, younger kids would get more into it at 16, start looking into politics more? Or do you think there's a chance that a lot of them would just mimic, like, what their parents believe? Like, I know when I was in high school, I thought mostly what my parents believed. Well, I feel like there's not, shouldn't be anything too wrong with getting kids into politics sooner. But just, I don't know, I'm trying to think of when I was 16. Uh, yeah, I definitely wasn't into politics. And I, caught, I probably could have been a little more grown, a little more mature. So that's going to be a problem for sure. And then, I don't know, but challenging into politics, making them, maybe giving them a, just a voice or a platform or like a vote, it would just encourage them more to do it on their own so they won't even follow their parents. Maybe, I don't know. But, yeah, um, I don't know, being controlled by your parents or, in, in your, or like when you're in high school, you live with them. So you'll definitely <laughs> be just agreeing with whatever. Mm-hmm. For the most, for the most part, I feel like just whatever, like Dad says, you're just gonna copy him or whatever Mom says. Yeah, it, like the one thing I do like about it is that it will increase the amount of voters, and I, 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 th- I don't think enough people vote. 
I think. Yeah. I think that's a problem within. Oh, another problem is a lot of people just aren't registered to vote either. So, like, would you be in favor of, like, automatic voter registration? Yeah, definitely. Just anything that minimizes the process or, yeah, minimizes the difficulty of the process just because it's it's one of the... It's a very lucrative right that, like, people in other countries don't even have the right to vote. So mm-hmm. we need to encourage that as much as possible. No more voter suppression or anything. Yeah, or like Even as like soon as you turn eighteen, and, and then there's a uh, uh, making election day a holiday is another big thing that some some people are proposing, which I would also be in favor for. People get the day off of school. People get the day off of work sometimes. Yeah, I agree. Anything that encourages voting, I don't even. Yeah, definitely. There's people, I feel like, who won't be able to vote just from busy with work or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. so I think, that's a, I think that's a pretty good idea. What is uh, your opinion on having nonviolent felons vote? Uh, I think it's definitely, yeah, I think they should vote. Just anything, like, I don't know, that sounds like a type, just like voter depression right there. I know there's like a million people in Florida who can't even vote, and that's like, that's too much, and, so, and I don't know. Yeah, like, that can swing an election. <laughs> yeah, and just, you know, jail is for people to serve their time and and to hopefully be rehabilitated. So I don't really see the point in continuing to treat them a criminal after, after yeah. the fact. It's them paying their debt to society. Once yeah. you pay your debt, and you should be should, allowed. And, you know, if you just keep treating like a criminal, they're probably going to end up back in jail. Mhm. There's actually a lot of studies that, that show that like in states that that have different laws for people with criminal history and all that, that it gives them more of a sense of purpose to continue on going forward with their life. Mm. Yeah, anything that helps uh, put more voters in the booth, more just, you know, regular Americans is good. <laughs> if that includes the, the tax holiday or the voting holiday, too. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there should be term limits in Congress? In Congress? Um, no, I don't think so. I feel like if the people of that state, they just really like that person, they should be, uh, they should be able to just keep voting for him and keep voting for him. All I feel right. like a bigger problem would be, like, just the bigger businesses that are in Congress. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the, yeah, just the super PACs or whatever, whatever you got going, that's just, like, giving all their money to a candidate, and that's, like, the reason that he keeps winning. Like, they don't even have to give up. They can just give, like, barely any money, but that would be a bunch of money, and that just could help somebody win. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, you know, that Bernie Sanders and, like, Elizabeth Warren are just, uh, they're just, like, touting the fact that all their donations are just, Small donations, small regular people, the average person. Well, That's why, like, I think they're trying to get big, uh, big businesses out of politics too. Yeah, that that's something I'm in favor too. I think, I think we need to figure out a system where I would. I don't want to limit how much people can donate to a campaign. Like, there's already somewhat a limit, but there needs to be a way to not let them have so much influence. Congress limits, term limits. 
I think it would be a good idea just because it's like 90% of incumbents usually win. It's almost like if there's almost never change that that's going to happen if you have the same people in there. Like, I always use Bernie Sanders as an example. He's been in, he's been a senator for like over 25 years. And I'm not saying he's doing a bad job or anything. It's just you have 90% of the people who are in Congress right now will get reelected. What really changed? If, if nothing got successfully passed in the previous two to six years, what's going to make it change now? So that's just right. my view on it. What do you think what about the... Change, though. Yeah, well, things, things do change. Obviously, the presidency helps with that as well. And uh, luckily, we, we have a system where it seems like it flip-flops back and forth between Democrat and Republican since since yeah. Bush Sr. that's been happening, so that's good. Where do you stand on the Supreme Court? Or I'll just ask you, uh, like Brett Kavanaugh, he was very controversial. A lot of people didn't like him. A lot of people did like him. What do you think about the idea of having term limits for the Supreme Court? Um, I'll say that's a, that's a good idea. Just because, you know, when the Supreme Court was invented, just... I don't think they necessarily have people living to 80, 90 years old. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, one person in Congress is, uh, it's like a decent amount of power, but one person on the Supreme Court is just crazy amount of power. And they're just like decisions that go five for a lot of times that are just like split. So like the power that one person could have on the Supreme Court is, is a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. So, oh, how long do you think it should be? Do you think there should be... So, do you think there should be terms that they serve? Or do you think it should be, like, like a years. age cap? <laughs> no, not in, like, an age cap. Like, you can't be this old. Well, well like... You can't be over 70. <laughs> well, like, once, once you reach, like, 75 years old, maybe you shouldn't be on the court anymore. I think... I don't know. Or some people are. Yeah, that's. You know what I mean? Yeah, like. Yeah, something like that. Like once you reach a certain age, no matter left or right, you gotta imagine the mind starts to go at some point. Should we? Should we have people on the Supreme Court who, uh, who are just gonna? Uh, I think that would just encourage the people to elect as young, as people as possible. When it's like, I don't know, yet you like elect someone on the Supreme Court when they're like 35 or whatever, and that's 40 years. But like, I don't know, if it, like someone who's 55, I feel like would be just as incompetent, but they would only get like 20 years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just worry about just them exploiting that. But I guess everything in, could be exploited to some in some way. So, so you think like a 20-year term limit or like? Two ten-year term limits is probably the better way to go. Yeah, twenty years is that's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it's one, that's how old I am. So like, if somebody's been working for that long, maybe twenty-five years. But then after that, like, all right, that's too much. So much things have 
probably change in that point. Like, yeah, for sure. Well, well, yeah, that's a whole generation almost. Things are way different now, so <laughs> we need, yeah, even like the, I don't know, the system, the, the government system, it's like following a piece of paper that some guys wrote 200 something years ago. So, we'll, we'll move over to uh, some criminal justice. So, are you in favor of every cop getting a body camera? Um, yeah. Oh, uh, why are you in favor of it? Um, I just feel like that system has just is too easily exploitable and can be too easily exploited. Just like, I don't know, the, the cop system. And just... Uh, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, they have too way too much power, so there, there should be some sort of accountability, some sort of reassurance for the citizens, because that's what they are here to protect after all. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, if they want to make us feel safe, then some of us might want them to have body cams on. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, I, I'm with you on that, I- all right, I don't understand the people who say that they shouldn't have body cameras. All right, it's really, like there's a, they did a year-long study, and I think it was, it was like the use of force incidents dropped sixty percent, and the amount of complaints against police officers dropped eighty-eight percent. So like, I I don't know. I feel like how could you be against it when, I I feel like the. The relations between police and the citizens would get way better that way. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that's that would that would be a humongous plus. It'd be a change. You would have trust in the people protecting you, and it would ultimately change how the community acts together. Yeah, I agree. Just better relations with authority. You know, we really shouldn't have to fear cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, especially if it's gonna just decrease stuff like the use of force, then that's that'd be great. Alright, so we'll move on to a couple of the more big highlight issues. I like to ask those questions just just to see what most people think on just some basic easy policies and usually I get roughly the same answers. There's some change here and there. But I like to see how people on the left and the right, how there is things that a lot of us agree on that should be easily passed or be able to fight for together rather than be fighting against each other on just two issues. We could come together for 10, of, ten right. issues and actually change something. We have some similarities for sure. <laughs> so uh, that actually, Rami... Uh, so what is your opinion on the Electoral College? So, like, as you know, Trump didn't win the popular vote, but he still won the election. But, uh, in my opinion, obviously we need something like the Electoral College just because we don't want, like, three major cities to decide the election. What do you think would be best? that is a good question, and... Something that I'm not too sure about, but I feel like if the majority of America doesn't elect somebody, 
I'm not saying the people are saying we don't want this person. The majority of people are saying that. So, I mean, I think, you know, electoral college probably made sense, you know, 100, 200 years ago. But just for today's day and age, we need, we need to be able to have better, I feel like. Like, if you do the math, it's like there's a couple states... Well, I mean, if you do the math, it's like saying technically someone's vote from California isn't as much as someone from this other place. Mm-hmm. So some people's votes way more. I mean, that doesn't really make sense. Well, yeah, it, it makes candidates focus on Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan, Florida, the swing states. But I feel like... Do you see the issue with the popular vote only, though? Like, if you had just L.A. County and New York City... Just that population alone is greater than, like, 40 states combined. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, that's what the states are for. I mean, that's what their state's governments are for. It's not like they're going to be left out of everything. It's not like we're just going to ignore them. It's just that, I don't know, LA has, like, 3 million people itself. And so... Yeah, I I definitely agree that we need to find a way to make a person's vote in California matter more like I remember back in 2016 when I was living in California I didn't I didn't vote presidential it didn't really matter who I wanted to win or didn't want to win it was going to go blue either way yeah so I don't know just the majority thing is not the worst idea to me well what do you think about the idea of ranked choice voting so basically uh, each voter ranks their top three candidates, one, two, and three. And then after everyone's voting is complete, they check they check all the ones. And if a candidate does reach the 50% threshold, they win the election. If no candidate reaches the 50%, then the candidate with the fewest votes is eliminated and then everyone who's listed, or everyone whose vote was just eliminated, it goes to their second choice. And then they count all of that up until someone reaches 50%. So, so it, it would essentially help, uh, it would mostly help third parties, which would change the dynamic of the United States, obviously, just because we've been a two-party system. We've been Republican Democrats since Abraham Lincoln. Right. Yeah, okay, if it helps third parties, then it sounds pretty good for me. The two party system is just like what is it, just like a struggle for majority votes or whatever in the House? Mm-hmm. Like is that is that even is that like that's probably like the biggest reason the two party system exists. They're just like scheming all oh, like, Oh, I need you guys to help me get the votes for this majority or whatever. So, yeah, I would say... That's just one of the ideas that, that that I got hooked on to just because how many people do you think wanted to vote Gary Johnson but they knew that he had no chance of winning? So they, <laughs> right. they voted for one of the lesser of two evils, whichever they thought was lesser of the evils. Right. Yeah, the two-party system is a struggle. I feel like, I don't know, the government... Need some some big changes. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. 
something needs to be done to get rid of the corruption, to make elections fair, to get more people voting. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that too, exactly. I feel like a lot of people don't even really trust the government. Oh, yeah, I, I would for sure agree that a lot of people don't, and I don't blame them, to be honest. Low, low voter turnout. They feel like their vote, does their vote even really matter? Well, yeah, well, 2016 was such a bad year where Trump won, I think it was Pennsylvania or Michigan. He, Trump won Michigan with less votes that Romney had, and Romney lost Michigan. That's how little amount of people voted. Yeah, those are just two candidates that people did not like, and we just didn't really have a choice. <laughs> and it's crazy that we even ended up in that situation. We should have... That should never happen, and but the way the society is now, it's just, I, I would say the media has a fault, the government has a fault at it. it. It all led up to this, just from actions taken by the media, by propping up Donald Trump. Like, you know, CNN wanted Hillary to win, and like I think Bernie should have been the candidate last year. I think he's a more honest politician and probably would have won the election. Now, this year, the Democrats have, like, 20-plus candidates. And they yeah. spent they, they spent half of the debate, the last debate, attacking Joe Biden on policies he had, or him and Obama had, saying that they didn't do good enough. And, I don't know, I, I, think, I think the Democrats have some work to do. If they want to beat Donald Trump, they shouldn't be attacking Obama. Because he, he's still one of the more favorable Democrats. Yeah, like Andrew Yang said, that was like a reality show. So it was like, just felt so staged and forced. And it, and like, yeah, like we were just saying, it really felt like none of those politicians, or like some of those politicians didn't even really care about the people. They were just care Trump. about us. They were just trying to, They're just get, trying to win. Their time, get famous. Yeah. Like, I think that out of there were just so many. Oh yeah, like I just feel like some people just trying to win president to get famous or something just because they, they feel like it would be so easy to be Donald Trump. <laughs> That's how I feel about some of the Democratic candidates that are just trying to get famous. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, there's uh, there's a lot of people saying that right now, actually. That, that, that's a, a... I think that's a valid... <laughs> that's a valid concern that people are just... They think a reality TV star became president... Now they can do it, and they can also make extra money doing it, or extra publicity, or whatever yeah. it is. So, I definitely got some work. Yeah, uh, I I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan and Bernie Sanders talk. He he went on to his show just, I think a week ago, and they had oh, a good. Yeah, I was listening to that, and then I fell asleep. What were you saying? <laughs> well, they had a good conversation. And they were talking about the debates, and it's kind of crazy that they each only got, like, a minute to speak and then, like, a 30-second <laughs> reply. And, like, all you're going to get from that is, like, those one-liners that you want for, like, a campaign ad. Like, you're not going to actually be able to discuss the issues. Yeah, 
But yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, those are so many candidates, way too many. And just, yeah, the debates itself, it's trying to get as much, are they trying to get as much views as possible? I don't know. Or kind of, yeah, in a way, obviously. But that was just not the proper way. I mean, I'm not trying to elect the president of the United States. It seems like I was talking about, it looks like a game show out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, they were going for that 45-second, I guess, soundbite of them saying something awesome or attacking a different candidate. And that's basically what the voters are expected to vote on, you know? I feel like if you want to actually get to have change, to have a good candidate, you're going you're gonna to want them to speak for like 10 minutes and then someone respond to their idea for like five, 10 minutes and actually have like a thorough conversation. Yeah, yeah. And then just, just like fighting back and forth, that was just not the way to do it. All right, so we're going to move on to uh, what do immigration so that's been a big thing, especially in the the debates right now. So when it comes to border security, wall, no wall, more uh, border patrol on the border, less, and then also open borders, closed borders, just your whole, like, what do you think we should do about the board, the southern border and then also immigration as a whole? Uh, I just feel like the worst problem in the United States is not some people from Mexico coming over and taking the worst, lowest paid jobs in the country. I just feel like there's bigger, bigger things to worry about. We have bigger priorities than that for sure. Like the fact that we have the 15th education and we're supposed to be the best country in the world. So, and that was like Donald Trump's biggest thing, the wall, build the wall. So I feel like that just, there's, is that like really going to be the priority of the United States? I think there's better stuff to do. No, no, I, I agree about that. I think the wall isn't necessary. But, and when it comes to immigrants, like taking low level jobs and all that, uh, I think it was Andrew Yang who pointed out that Immigrants aren't the ones that are taking Americans' jobs. It's it's just uh, technology advancing. It's mostly automation and mo- and outsourcing jobs of co- companies outsourcing jobs to like India and other countries. Immig- immigrants yeah. aren't necessarily taking the jobs. Maybe a, a small percentage, but yeah, it's. It was an issue he made, and a lot of people probably still believe that, which is a problem. But what what do you think about people who are here currently undocumented? Do you think we try to get them a pathway to citizenship, or depending on the circumstance, case by case, and go from there? Yeah, I think we should... I think there should definitely be a better, a better way, better path. I've met, uh, I've met some girls who are just, who are undocumented immigrants. They just, 
they're just going to school. They're just going to get out and just going to make a better contribution to society. But they're still, it's going to be like they have no hopes of getting citizenship anytime soon. So I just feel like there could be a better way, definitely. I mean, what does it, how much, how long does it take, like five, eight years to even, like, for for uh, someone for a legal immigrant, like so my my mom immigrated here. I think she was twenty one when she immigrated here, or it takes like to actually take your citizenship test. I think it's like over ten years. She she, she didn't become man. an official U.S. citizen until I was already twelve, thirteen, which is crazy because. She came here 18 years before that. Yeah, that's... She definitely... There should be some help. And, you know, just... I don't know. There could be... There probably will be benefits if we... Instead of just targeting Mexico, like, actually try to help them. There could be, like, mutual benefit there. Well, yeah. We hear a lot of people complain about the amount of people trying to come here to the U.S. And I think instead of trying to criminalize those and demonize the people trying to come here, and a majority of them are just looking for a better life. Instead of trying to like demonize them, we should try to figure out what's going on in their countries that's making them leave. Let's try to help over there so we don't have a mass migration of of people let's let's see what we can do to help there yeah exactly i mean this is like america so it's like of course, i mean we not only should we be helping them just because how successful we are but just like we're america so like of course they're going to want to come over here we're like the envy of the entire world so we should just you know help them better off we should be helping our neighbors better off and then pretty much the world better off if we're going to be the greatest like if we if we tout ourselves as the greatest country ever and a lot of and the whole entire world actually mostly like would kind of feel that way too mm-hmm. so we should be doing we should be doing better i feel like a lot better we should be doing more to help so did you see Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, a, a lot of a lot of people, including myself, I think we should be doing more things to help with the overall problem rather than putting on band-aids or trying to put on band-aids on issues that aren't really big issues. So let's move over to climate change. What do you think we should do about climate change? You ask pretty much every scientist who just does this kind of stuff, they would say that it's like a catastrophic bull disaster. So I feel like, I mean, I don't really, I don't think that we should be listening to our politicians. Like our politicians, like deciding words or like deciding laws when like, they haven't been to this stuff 
done this stuff in school since like high school. Doesn't really make sense. That's not really the area of expertise. So the fact that, that we're gonna we're have to leave this disaster, as a lot of scientists would, a lot of scientists say to politicians, is scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely don't think think our government has enough knowledgeable people on not not even just climate change on multiple subjects where we have politicians making decisions on things that they don't really know about we should be having the best in every field advising them and especially when it comes to climate change and an issue that can have catastrophic effects so so do you think we should make big changes like like get rid of uh, fossil fuel cars and and move away from I I guess using fossil fuels as a whole. Yeah, I would say so. I feel like I mean the amount of money that we put into fossil fuels like a year, I like that number's probably insane. I w- I don't even really want to know that number. <laughs> But if we just, if we invested that, like, even a tiny of a fraction amount of that money into just renewable energy, renewable, just even research and, like, development for, like, the science is just getting better and better. Like, we're just going to keep getting better and better technology to be able to capture energy. And so we, like, we... I don't know, we've been giving, uh, like, we we shouldn't rely on fossil fuels. They're obviously having a terrible effect. Like, the Earth has been alive for billions and billions of years, powered by the sun. Like, we could, there's, there's like, infinite energy right there. And just, and just like, any, any, like, not even solar panels are, like, they're finding a lot of unique ways to create energy. But all the money in the world is just going to fossil fuels. You know, I, I I agree with that. Uh, so, do you think... So, the U.S. is only responsible for 15% of the carbon emissions, or I say only, that's actually a lot for just one single state. And then... California? No, uh, the United States as a... Or, the United States is responsible for right. 15%. So, as a country, my bad. Uh, and then there's China and India, which are responsible for like over like 50% of it. So as a U.S., I think we can eventually get our shit straight and start making a difference and like start cutting out fossil fuels. But what do you think about like the second and third world countries, which rely on fossil fuels to even like keep warmth? And then also the bigger countries, India and China, who, if they don't follow suit, our efforts may be pointless. Uh, well, if you said uh, China and India contribute 50%, I would say that, yeah, they need to follow suit. And just, I feel like China's, it was a developing country and now, or like a second world country or whatever, and now it, it's like barely, or it's like, reaching that first world country stage so like as as it reaches that stage it should be able to finance this kind of stuff 
and I feel like it's like sort of the same with India. They're just they're still it's, developing. They rely on that stuff more than usual, just because they're a developing country right now. But I feel like they're getting that country's getting better, and like once it reaches the developed stage, first world stage, then it should be able to follow suit. But I feel like China should be following suit now, just because it's getting to that stage where it was a second world country, now it's like a first world country, and it's has a lot of money. And India will reach that stage soon. So, I think. so what do you think about like the third world countries, though? Like countries that basically like they're burning plastic just for warmth, you know? This is a global issue. I mean, like, what the what the hell does the United Nations even do? I swear, <laughs> that organization seems useless. They just they, they just write like sanctions. Army, like they can't do. <laughs> what are you saying? They just they just do sanctions. Verbal warnings is what they do. <laughs> so I feel like, how hard could it be to get two people, three people from every country? Or, like, even 10 people from every country, like, what, 3,000, 4,000 people, and come up with a reasonable solution. Like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, there should be more, more agreement between the world. And there's, we just, like, leave out a bunch of countries out who are just suffering kind of just paying a blind eye to them not really paying attention yeah I I think the US being the the greatest nation on, on the planet I think we should be taking the lead we should be out there saying let's let's actually do this let's stop talking about it let's actually go to these countries help them transition off what or go to these third world countries and help them transition away and use renewable energy and clean energy and then make agreements with the larger countries let's let's ease off of this fossil fuel use right yeah yeah we have the power to do that and then you know with this with the larger countries help too they definitely have the power to just help the world probably but yeah, the U.S. I'll say the U.S. and China need to take the lead, just because they're just the wealthiest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they got that the power. Yeah, and that probably won't happen until we got a new president. So, a <laughs> <laughs> new president, and basically what we were talking about in the beginning. As soon as we stop having lobbyists and corrupt p- politicians who just take money from from big corporations, yeah. Until we fix that, it's gonna be a while. Which ho- hopefully we do find a way to fix it. But I feel like just the government needs to be more. 
more communication with its citizens. Like, I don't know, we're, li- we're living in 2020, or like 2019, probably 2020. <laughs> but there, there should be a better way of communications from just your local congressman or just anybody straight to the person. Like, we, like, we have the technology, just make a website or something, do something to get people more involved in the government, have more readily access to information on the government, what bills are being passed, or like... Well, yeah, the, the, one of the crappiest things about the government is how they, they pass these, like, 300-page bills, which have, like, random things inside the bill that have nothing to do with the name of the bill. It's like, why can't we just pass a two-page bill saying what we want to accomplish and how we're going to accomplish it and then just pass that? Why does it need to be 300 pages? I I, I think it was Obamacare, which Obamacare, there is a lot of stuff that goes into it, but that thing was like 1,400 pages. Yeah. No, like, I guarantee no one read the entire bill. <laughs> hell no, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> That's like four Harry Potters. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I'm going to read. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so last question before I let you go. If you were president tomorrow, what's the first thing you'd go for? First thing you would do? Um, I would say first thing to sign off on a bunch of people who are on, who are in jail and shouldn't be pardons for like I don't even how many I don't even want I don't even know how many people are in jail and not supposed to be it's probably a lot. Oh yeah, people but, people in jail for like marijuana. Yeah. That seems like a very immediate crisis. Get and then I would uh, people back, yeah. I would do something to support black communities, and then also children, probably like right away. Invest money into education. I think the black communities destroyed by just racism just fifty years ago, just the history in the history of the country. I think that needs some immediate assistance. So there was like some statistic that's like, like in the year 2050, black people are like estimated to make zero dollars just because like computers will be taking just all the jobs and they just won't be able to just like have the education to run those kind of jobs. So I think we need to help them ASAP yesterday. So, do you think that there should be some sort of reparations? Uh, yes, absolutely. I feel like every single age group is, like, affected by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's for sure, there's for sure prolonged effects, even though Jim Crow laws ended in the late 60s. It still has effects because... Or almost every study you read on poverty, if your parents were in poverty, 
you're more likely to be in poverty and the cycle continues. Uh, well, the question was, do you think that there should be reparations? Like, so should we? Oh yeah, yeah. Give money to. I don't to know how to go about that. I would say repar. I, I would. I'd say the best way would be just helping the people out, and then I would like short term. You got to do like short term and long term. So I'd say like money short term. And then, like, long-term, just heavily invest in, like, the education of the kids so that that pays off long-term. That'll pay off a lot long-term. Well, yeah, you have a lot of these schools in the the inner city, which are crap shows. And they have high dropout rates when instead of sending the best teachers to the nicest schools, it should be the opposite way around. You want the best teachers in the worst schools. You want to try to teach the kids as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, we should not be 15th in education. There's there's a better, there's probably a thousand better ways to do the system. Especially, <laughs> especially when there is stuff we can do about it. We could just give a kid an iPad, three hundred dollars, and he can just learn everything on the on the internet. Like literally, there's. I teach myself stuff. I I don't really go to my teacher that much anymore. But we sh- education should not be this controversial. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you for being on the show, Jonathan. It was nice no having problem. you. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe I'll have you back on again. I know you were hesitant to come on this time, but we'll see. I think I can convince <laughs> <Nah>. you again. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. All right. Shout out to CJ. Shout <laughs> out to my boy. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll talk to you next time. And uh, I want to thank all, all right. the listeners for listening to this episode of Talking Politics. Please remember to. Share the show, uh, subscribe on iTunes, and yeah, talk to you guys next time.